what my accent had ought. <laughs> that was everything. <laughs> if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Luke chapter 22. What we'll do is we'll just very briefly go over the story again and ask some questions and maybe find some answers to the questions that that we have in that uh, text. And but before we begin with that, um, let's go to the prior events that just happened before Jesus prayed in the garden. Even they they had the Passover. Jesus called uh, Peter and John to prepare the Passover, and Jesus wanted to partake of the Passover with, with his disciples and after they had eaten and drank, Jesus predicts his betrayal and um, uh, and that Peter would deny him. So that's just a bit of a back background or the previous events that happened before before Jesus went into the garden and, and uh, what we'll do then is we'll start reading in uh, verse 39 of Luke chapter 22. We're quite a bit lazy for now. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, and he was accustomed, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then, the, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and, beginning, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down from the ground. So the first question we could ask is, what was in that cup? Any of the children want to? Say the answer. What was in the cup? God's wrath, our sin, everything had to be put on Jesus. That's why Jesus had such a tremendous hard time in the garden. Like it says he, uh, here, uh, um, in being in agony, he was in agony. He was, God's wrath was, was about to be poured on him the wrath that you and I deserve for the sin that, that was in that cup. And I also find it interesting in verse 43, how it says, an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. We would have thought that Jesus was all strength, but it says an angel came to him and strengthened him. That's probably the flesh there, the human side of Jesus that, that couldn't, bear this um, so therefore an angel had to to strengthen him in this time verse 45 when he rose from prayer up from prayer and had come to his disciples he found them sleeping from sorrow then he said to them why do you sleep rise and pray lest you enter temptation and while he was still speaking behold a multitude and he was called Judas 
and who he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before him, before them, and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When they around him, when those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple and the elders of who had come to him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is the, your hour and the power of darkness. Having arrested him, they laid him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him, but he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Remember, just previously, during the Passover, while they were eating and drinking, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times. And Peter went to the extent of saying to Jesus, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. Don't go sure, Isaac Peter, hide it nicht down. Um, but here he already denies him, saying, I do not know him. And after a little while, verse 58, another saw him and said, you, are, you also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently, another confidently, confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know him. I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. What did Jesus say would happen after the third time he denied him? A rooster would crow. But immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words of the Lord, the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. How do we respond to to denial or, or sin even in, in this case? We have a perfect God who calls us to be perfect as he is holy. We know we will never become perfect here. But how do we react when we do fall short? How would we react different if we saw Jesus' face when we did fail? It must have been a, a glimpse or a look of, of hurt from Jesus. But Peter went out and wept bitterly. I must confess, I don't weep bitterly over my sin as I ought to, like Peter did. Now the men who led Jesus mocked him and beat him. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy. Who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. And after that, we'll just kind of skip over that. That's where Jesus is tried and 
and he has to defend his case or his his ahpus that he is the son of god and that's what why they want to crucify him so skipping over to chapter 23 starting in verse 26 Now as they led him away this is where where he's being led to the to Calvary or to to Golgotha Now as they led him away they laid hold of a certain man Simon a Syrian who was coming from a from the country and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus and a great multitude of people followed him and the woman who was also mourning and l- lamented but lamented him but Jesus turned to them and said Daughter of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wounds that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do not, if they do these things in the greenwood, what will they do in the dry? There was also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garment and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen one of God. The soldiers also mocked him, calming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription was also written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? seeing you are under the same condemnation and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward for our deeds but this man has done nothing wrong then he said to him said to jesus lord remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus said to him assuredly i say to you today you will be with me in paradise now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the earth until the ninth hour then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he, le- he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that, that site, seeing what had happened, what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all the acquaintances and the woman who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. When Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It was at that time when when the full wrath of God had been poured out on, on Jesus. The cup that, that we talked about earlier, Jesus had drank that cup. There was no no sin that needed to be dealt with anymore for for God's children. 
Jesus finished it all. In today's day and age, we see many people mocking and rejecting the free gift of salvation, as did the one criminal beside Jesus on the cross. But there are also the ones who see their sinful and utter helpless state and turn to Christ in repentance to receive the free gift of salvation, as the other criminal as the criminal on the cross had nothing to bring or offer in his salvation. The one received salvation and the one did not. So also we don't have anything to bring but simply to cry out and ask for forgiveness. It is all of, of grace, nothing more, nothing less. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Salvation is free to all who believe, but it costs the sinless and perfect lamb everything. Sin must be punished. It is in this great exchange that God can both be the just and the justifier of his people. See, God didn't just forgive sin. He punished sin, but the punishment was laid on Jesus Christ. At the time of Jesus' death, crucifixion was considered the most painful and degrading form of capital punishment for the Roman Empire. It was considered so horrible that it was used by Romans only for slaves, those from the, from the pro province under their control, and the lowest types of criminals. It was not to be used for Roman citizens. This is in accord with the bib biblical account of Christ's death and with the church traditions. Which, which asserts that Peter was also crucified, but Paul, a Roman citizen, was beheaded. Crucifixion as a means of execution probably grew out of practice of display, displaying the head of a captured enemy or criminals on a wooden stake, like those used to build a wall or erect fortification. Later, entire bodies, um, entire bodies impaled, by Jesus, I'm quite home in writing Impaled by Jesus' time, crucifixion was a common sight. Although methods of crucifixion seem to have varied throughout the Roman Empire, through biblical and historical accounts, the basic pattern is known. Basic pattern is known. The con condemned person was first scourged with a flagum, flag, flagellum, a whip of leather songs with bits of metal or bone attached. This whipping greatly weakened the victim who had who had to carry his the cross beam to the place of execution. A sign spe specifically specifying the crime was often placed around the criminal's neck or on the cross. The person was stripped naked, laid on the ground with a cross beam under his shoulders and tied or nailed to it. Nailing, nailing made the victim die quicker as it did Jesus, whom the Jewish officials wanted dead before the Sabbath. The crossbeam was lifted and secured to a, a post so that the person's feet were hanging just off the ground. Some archaeologists think a pin or wooden block was placed halfway up the post to provide a seat for the body so that the nails would not tear open the wounds, but causing the body to fall. Causing the body to fall. The feet also could be nailed or tied to the post. Although the pain was excruciating, some victims survived on the cross for days. As in the case of the two criminals crucified with Jesus, the legs of a crucified person were sometimes broken to make the suffering sufferer die. This caused massive shock, followed by loss of circulation and heart failure. 
Although completely innocent of all sin, Jesus suffered the most horrible, disgraceful punishment known. But his agonizing death was not, was not an ordinary death, for it was not the final chapter. Jesus turned his apparent defeat into the most glorious victory the world has ever known. At the cross, he suffered for the sins of the world. Then after his resurrection from the dead, three days later, Jesus empowered his disciples with a new message, the good news that he had finally defe defeated the power of sin and death through the cross. Jesus offered salvation to all who believe in him. Amen.